about this a little bit later oh, on. Oh yeah, let's get that. Hi. Welcome to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group. To prepare for our Big Book Study, let's get focused by having a three-minute moment of silent meditation followed by the fog light prayer. Good evening, everybody. I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Mike Chase. Number recovered alcoholic, and my name is Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Guys, thanks for joining us tonight. We're going to start the meditation in a couple moments, so take a moment to get situated. Spread out, get comfortable, but not too... Oh, my God. Hi. Hey. Cool. I haven't seen her in a while. What a gift. Please turn off all the devices that make noise or will distract others for the duration of the meeting. Anything like a Game Boy beeper, a two-way, just go ahead and silence that. Please. And uh, the coffee area is going to be closed, but if you want to sneak out there uh, and grab a cup, feel free to do that. Yeah. Um... For also, please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting down during the meeting. Let's try to keep one meeting tonight. Cool. Sounds good. For meditation. Some suggestions are focus on your breath and posture. What does that look like and sound like? Sit up nice and straight and breathe in God. Breathe out self. You can kind of let it percolate at the top and just hold that breath at the top too. That's the advanced. And then... I challenge somebody to actually do it for three whole minutes, right? Yeah, I just might like, feel really next thing good on I'm that. thinking about the weather. Um, take this time to get reconnected to God. Let the craziness of your day drift away. Ask God to help you stay focused for the study tonight, which is vision for you tonight. So exciting. So as the monks come strolling in, the lights get turned down. As we like to say, enjoy your time with God. See you guys in three minutes. Be, 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 
Do the us version of the fog light prayer. God, yeah. let your love shine through us like a fog light, so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through us. Welcome. So, are you able to gauge when the meditation is going to end now? Do you know? It's like, <laughs> is there a certain hum you get? It's like, Sometimes there's somebody that comes in and it's just a single voice and it's kind of smooth. And, and you know, it's, it's like, like, oh, yeah. the, the harps are coming. I got that uh-huh. down to a T now. Uh, which brings us back to this. We have a secretary at this meeting, and they do a secretary's report. <coughs> so let's welcome uh, Tanisha. Tanisha. Thank you, Tanisha. Hi, my name is Tanisha, and I am your recovered alcoholic secretary. Hi, Tanisha. In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions, the baskets are now going around. And John, who is passing our baskets, is also going to read our recovered statement. (laughs) The recovered statement, we read this notice to explain why many people in this group identify as recovered rather than recovering. And what it exactly means to be a recovered alcoholic. So let's bring up John. Hello, my name is John and I am a recovered alcoholic. Hi, John. John. Hi, guys. Um, Recovered. We are not cured of alcoholism. Recovered but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reactions to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime, but we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in his body. Page 23. We're not saying where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. Thank you. 1940s style, big book sponsorship from forward to second edition Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And among the remainder, those who stayed on AA showed improvement. What we've seen, felt, came to believe, and experienced is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75% success rate. 
We have CDs, mugs, large print big books, the little red books, and big book dictionaries for sale in the back. Somebody will be there to make a deal with you. We also have um, what is known as the square. Introduce me to it as well. So I don't carry cash for many reasons. Um, it helps me stay on the budget. <laughs> and um, pretty much like I just give them like a whopping for the week. I'm like, here, there you go. I'm good, right? <laughs> and it helps out. So if you are like me and you find that you don't carry cash, you know, that'll be also a great way to link up with me after the meeting to make Contributions, sure. Contributions, big book sales, CD sales, mug sales for yeah. those of us who don't carry cash, which is me too. Right. We meet every Monday promptly at 7.15 at the sound of the bell. But we also show up at 5.30 to help set up. And then we have a little fellowship at 6.30. So you're more than welcome to come a little early and stay a little late. Tonight is our business meeting. So all home groups, I'm home group members, please stay because we have some important information to share with you. Um, and yeah, see you next week. See, thank you. <laughs> so, um, from the forward of the first edition from the book Alcoholics Anonymous, we have Alcoholics Anonymous for more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book and of this group. From there is a solution also from the big book. The tremendous fact for each one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. This is an open meeting. As such, all who have interest in alcoholism and the program of recovery are welcome. Because this is an open meeting, you need not identify yourself nor your reason for being if you do not wish to do so. Your anonymity will be protected. We ask that you protect ours. And on the anonymity... On the topic of anonymity, right. this meeting is actually podcast on the World Wide Web, so if you do not want your voice broadcast on the internet, just disguise your voice or pass that microphone, because we do have some listeners from uh, wherever the internet goes, yeah, we're gonna outer go, space. We're going to go for Swedish tonight. Maybe. Can we see a show of hands of people joining us for the very first time, never been here before? Good, we got two, three, welcome, guys. So hopefully the people on either side of you will key you in and how we go to the, when we get into the question answer group participation prog. Can I see a show of hands of the recovered alcoholics and keep your little hands up? If your hand's not up, talk to the people whose hands are. They'll get you connected to God and help you have a life that's beyond your wildest dreams. That's really good, ain't it? Yeah. Fantastic? Yeah. Amen. Good. While this is an open meeting, membership in this group is limited to those who wish to recover from alcoholism and have a desire to stop drinking for good and all. Each member of Alcoholics Anonymous is a potential sponsor of a new member and should clearly recognize the obligations and duties of such a responsibility. Does anybody, did anybody sneak by our welcoming committee and not get a big book or an English? Who doesn't have a big book in front of you right now? Good. You guys were successful. Thank you. All right. Before we begin, you know what? I just want to say something. We are really blessed because for the last couple of years, we have had fantastic people you know, stepping up to do our traditions talk every night. And, you know, fantastic people. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Ryan right now because he's, he's just shining through. He's the, the amount of time he put in there. He's just. So once, let's bring Ryan up to do our tradition. But before we begin our study, uh, da, 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 da. so um, the traditions are on page 572 in your big books. 
like Jack has, and 177 in the books with the little checkerboards on them. Um, he's going to give us. He's going to read the short form, the long form, and tell us to his best possible information what it actually means in English. Yeah. Hi. Right. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Ryan. And tonight we are doing Tradition Seven. Um, so Tradition Seven in the short form is on page 178. Every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. And then in the long form on page 180. Uh, the AA groups themselves ought to be fully supported by the voluntary contributions of their own members. We think that each group should soon achieve this ideal, that any public solicitation of funds using the name of Alcoholics Anonymous is highly dangerous, whether by groups, clubs, hospitals, or other outside agencies, that acceptance of large gifts from any source or of contributions carrying any obligation whatever is unwise. Then, too, we view with much concern those AA treasuries which continue beyond their prudent reserves to accumulate funds for no stated AA purpose. Experience has often warned us that nothing can so surely destroy our spiritual heritage as feudal disputes over property, money, and authority. All right. Um, so if you've had the opportunity to read the book Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, you might remember reading in the, in the forward to the second edition uh, the story about Jack Alexander and his, and his article for the Saturday Evening Post. Um, so to set the scene a little bit, uh, it's 1941, and Alcoholics Anonymous had just gotten a lot of publicity uh, from a benefit dinner thrown by John, John D. Rockefeller. Um, then there were also some articles written in the, Cle the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Um, so around this time, our membership shot up to about 2,000. Um, and this is two years after the big book came out. Um, so from the Akron-Cleveland area, uh, we, we began to spread into other places. Uh, so there were groups forming in Chicago, Detroit, uh, Philadelphia, Washington, Baltimore, and then even farther out west um, in Houston, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Um, there was even a group in Little Rock that had no personal contact with AA, um, but had caught on solely from books and letters from the central office. Um, so this made them the first of the so-called mail-order groups. Um, so this rapid growth was amazing, uh, but with the Saturday Evening Post article coming out, uh, the people in the central office were worried. Uh, so this little office in New York, it was run by three people. Uh, there was a typist, there was Ruth Hawk, and there was um, Bill Wilson. Um, so they're sitting there thinking, how can three people uh, handle the thousands of futile, uh, frantic inquiries that, it, that they expected over this article? Um, it was around then that they realized that they had to ask the AA groups for help. Uh, so two of the alcoholic members traveled out among the groups to explain the need. Um, they explained that answering these written inquiries was an, a necessary assistance to our 12-step work, and therefore support of the central office was a definite responsibility of the AA groups. Uh, so now understanding the, the situation, the groups began contributing to the Alcoholic Foundation to the central office expenses and continued to do so ever since. And with this, uh, the AA tradition of self-supporting had a firm beginning. Um, so we know the Alcoholic Foundation today as general service. Um, we talked a little bit last week about how money can be something that could divert us from our primary purpose. Um, so, for instance, uh, during the early years of our fellowship, someone wanted to will $10,000 to Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and at first, some members were like, yeah, that's a great idea. This is exactly what we need. Um, and what, what eventually ended up happening where there were these endless arguments over what to do with the money. Um, so it seemed pretty far off from what the group's purpose was. Uh, so it was decided at that time that it would probably be best for AA to remain poor. Um, so 
A lot of us think, too, that this tradition is all about money. Uh, I personally, I don't think that, you know, like, we don't, we don't have, like, baristas coming in to make the coffee before everybody gets here, or, like, decorators coming in to set up the room, you know, like, that's all AA contributions. Um, even when we have, like, picnics or, or um, uh, conventions or any, or hot dog extravaganzas or anything like that, that's all, uh, like, by AA for AA. So we can contribute in other ways besides money. Um, there was an article written in the Grapevine, um, and there's a quote in it that I really feel like caps this tradition perfectly. Um, when reflecting on these things, why should not each of us tell himself, yes, we AAs were once a burden on everybody. We were takers. Now that we are sober and by the grace of God have become responsible citizens of the world, why shouldn't we now about face and become thankful givers? Yes, it is high time that we did. So that's all I've got. Thanks. Thank you, Ryan. In order to help us stay focused as we study the big book, we use the big book study guide prepared by Joe and Charlie and Krusty Cliff of the Dallas Primary Purpose Group. And we have a reader tonight. Tonight we've asked Lexi to come up and be a reader tonight. She's got such a wonderful voice. She's going to be reading for us. So this is how it works. After the... After Lexi reads the pages, we're going to ask questions from the podium starting at the top of the page. We just, uh, 151 tonight. The answers will be one sentence unless otherwise specified. Multi-part questions are simply one sentence split up, you know, by the multiple commas, semicolons, hyphens, and all that fun punctuation that he loves to put in there. Basically, in English, what that means is that we're going to read the material once through and then re-dissect the information a second time through the question and answer format. Notice how the language in the questions give us, gives us a new light with which to consider the study material. This is important because hearing the questions and then rereading the content offers a definite way of comprehending the material covered. After we've completed the page, we open it for comments, questions, observations based on what we've just read. If you have spiritual experience with this information, feel free to share. If you don't, feel free to listen or answer questions. However, Big Book Study is not therapy. If you should begin sharing about topics which are more appropriately discussed in a different, i.e. sponsorship setting, please do not be offended when Mike S. cuts that conversation short. For that purpose, we have fellowship meetings before and after our study time. Let's face it, you you can never go wrong by just commenting on the pages, which brings us to the words of the co-founder of Bill W. Alcoholics Anonymous, sobriety, freedom from alcohol through the teachings and practices of the 12 steps is the sole purpose of any Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. This is our 79th session tonight, right? Wow. And we just didn't like say, hey, let's go... Break in and do vision for you tonight. We started 78 weeks ago in the preface and the forward. So a long, long time ago, we actually were reading about the history of AA in the very beginning from page zero of this here big book. And it talks about if if I'm going to be coming to AA meetings from the rest of my life, I should probably know what the uh, history of the fellowship I'm getting involved in is. So it talks about the program of action. It's hinted at a little bit and it says, uh, Bill was convinced of the need for moral inventory, confession of personality defects, restitution to those harmed, helpfulness to others, and the necessity of belief in and dependence upon God. 
And so that's the preface and the forewords, and we, we then transition into... The doctor's opinion, which is the problem, which explains what alcoholism is, and it also starts to explain what alcoholism isn't. We start being able to differentiate the real alcoholic and the problem-heavy hard drinker, because the program that we're presenting is for real alcoholics. If you're a problem-heavy hard drinker, you're not going to need to go to the extremes that a real alcoholic is, and we need to make that clear. So when we see problem-heavy hard drinkers in the rooms not going to the extremes necessary for us, we don't feel like we're being shortchanged it's like they're just not one of us so what does that look like well we have a chapter called bill's story and it's chapter one it used to be uh page one yeah it used to be well it's page one in the in the big book the doctor's opinion used to be page one but that's all right we got the doctor's opinion in the in the forwards now bill's story covers the life and progression of the disease of bill wilson he's one of our co-founders and it kind of shows you through the course of his disease and how he couldn't stop drinking couldn't start couldn't stop starting to drink, uh, basically how his life just got worse and worse from being a successful stockbroker whose ideas were followed by many to the tune of millions to somebody who was living in his wife's parents' house and his wife's dad died or something. It's just horrible. And then Ebby 12 steps him. This guy with two months sober introduces Bill Wilson to the solution and Bill gets sober and he just spreads the message of AA and the message of recovery. And And if you're just reading the book for the first time, this whole spiritual thing sounds a little extreme if all I have to do is just quit drinking. Well, we got a chapter called There's a Solution, which explains why for a real alcoholic, a spiritual experience is the only thing that works in getting us sober. It goes into some examples of how we stumbled into it. You know, it's not like we just woke up one day and said, hey, we got a sneaky way to get people to God. Let's invent AA. We were drunks, and also some guys started to get sober because of this spiritual experience with God, which they put into practice, which gave us, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous. But, you know, just knowing about alcoholism or really, really wanting to quit never worked for me. So I, uh, I needed a little help in figuring out really what I was. So I have a chapter called More About Alcoholism. The chapter More About Alcoholism, chapter three, uh, it's also known as the chapter on relapse. So I can know that if I go to the gym and lift weights, that I'll get very buff after enough time. But that is not in itself. Knowing about it is not going to get me buff. And so if I know about the program of Alcoholics Anonymous that's outlined in this book and I know that there's a spiritual solution but I don't actually do anything about that spiritual solution. What's going to happen to me? Well, it's going to be the jaywalker. It's going to be the man of 30. There's Jim, there's Fred. These are all uh, stories that highlight the mental state that precedes a relapse into drinking. So that's what we're talking about in more about alcoholism. And if I still have a problem with the spiritual solution, we have a chapter called we agnostics. And as Fred used to like to say more about alcohol, actually the first 50 to 47 pages and the forwards, and the doctor paints me in a corner. I'm a real alcoholic. I have no other choice but to find the spiritual experience that you guys are presenting to me. But I really think I have an, I really think I have an issue with God and spirituality. So we have a chapter called We Agnostics, which plays it all out and helps me decide it's not that big of a deal. I can live with it. Let's get in. But how do I do this? We have a chapter called How It Works, and that outlines how the program of action to produce the spiritual experience works. Chapter 5, How It Works, starts by listing the 12 steps telling you about the third step prayer. And then next we launched out on a course of vigorous action. That's our fourth step. And how it works really kind of ends with uh, having written your fourth step. And then we go into the next chapter, which has a lot more meat and potatoes. 
It's called Into Action, which I think is so cool. You got seven steps in one chapter. Boom, you know? It's once we get rolling, once we get this God. It, let's, let's face it, it's not that hard to get God into our lives, right? It's like he's like waiting for us. It's not like he's hiding downstairs behind the refrigerator and stuff like that. God's waiting for us. We got this program to clear away the stuff that's blocking us from God. Helps me to start dealing with the character defects that are making me dis, you know, get disconnected from God. Takes me through the step process to start getting right with my fellow man. And then teaches me how to keep clean and get closer to God. And then it helps you now that you have a spiritual experience, you better get out there and pass it around. And we have a chapter called Working with Others. So the 12th step in the program of recovery is having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. We tried to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all our affairs. Working with Others talks about this initial approach with the alcoholic who's still suffering and how to make that approach and how to speak drunk to a drunk and kind of get on their level and then uh, bring him through the program yourself. Yeah, so now that I've, now that we, I, have got this program, my life is getting better. There's people in life who I've damaged, and we've got a chapter called Two Wives. Yeah, it could be to your boyfriend. It could be called to your husband. It could be to your, to your mistress. You know, it's anyone we've had relations with that, that, that don't want to dump us, you know? This is an opportunity for people who are stuck with us, whether through marriage or whatever, because they need help. Because if they're sticking around with us, they're either come to us damaged or we've damaged them. And they need some help, too. So we've got a chapter to the wives, which basically takes the first... 62 pages and, and throws it to them and helps them to determine what type of elk, what type of drinker you're married to and how to handle this guy. And by the way, if he's not getting sober, we're going to help you get your life on track. You know, don't worry about him anymore. You need to get your life back so they can live happy, joyous and free, which reminds me, there's a bunch of other people running around that house. And that's why we have the chapter to the family afterward. After what? After two wives. So we have two wives and then to the family... <laughs> Right, the family. That's true. But the family afterward is to after they found out about the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking uh, literally. Okay, so (laughs) my my good friend Mike talks about this chapter. Like, all right, so my family wants when they want me around in their life, they want me to play badminton with them. But I'm a bobsled guy. I want to show up and 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 so I'm going to a badminton tournament wearing with a helmet and then my bobsled team, and it's just not going to work out. So how do I communicate with them? How do I get on their level? Well, this is how the family afterward can recover from alcoholism because they're affected just like we are. Whether or not the alcoholic gets sober through the program of action, how did the family afterward live happy, joyous, and free in spite of that? Yeah, and take all those expectations of what dad's going to be like sober and, and temper it down. <laughs> well, this is really what's going to happen. And this is your op- these are your options and stuff like that, which is so cool. For, so as we're you know, helping each other, there's this whole class of people out there who have to deal with us on a daily basis, at least five days a week, 40 hours a week. You know, and, and, and they, there's, they need information on how to handle us, too, because back in those days, you were completely ignored or just thrown off the bus and into the trash heap. So we have a chapter called Two Employers, which takes all the information up to this point and presents it to employers so they can treat us just like the same guy who may have cancer or Parkinson's or some other disease, alcoholism, a disease, and this is some of the symptoms and this is what it may look like. And there's a solution for it. And if you present it with them, fantastic. Give them an opportunity. And if they don't want to kick them out the door, you know, there's no beating around the bush with this to the employers. It's right to the fact either they want to do this thing and they're going to do it. Maybe they'll have a bump or two along the way. I mean, a bump on the road, (laughs) a bump on the road, you know what I meant, but you know, but there's none of this pussyfooting around, you know, it's like, here's a solution for the guy, if he doesn't want to do it, kick him out. 
Put, send them down the road because it took me the threat of losing my job to finally realize my boss was serious about me not showing up drunk anymore. And that brings us to where we are tonight, which is a Thank vision goodness. for you. So yeah. that's the book thus far, 78, 79 weeks ago, where we started off to where we are tonight. Which means we're going to read some blue stuff. I just want to throw a little personal thing about me into the family afterwards. When I, when I work with, with people, um, bring them through the steps, we uh, do work with others. And, and, I, and I wait a couple months before we do a vision for you. Because I think the whole idea, for the way that I look at it is, after a couple of months, if I'm reading Vision for You, the persons that I've been working with, they're either going like, yeah, I'm doing that. Oh, yeah, this is happening. Oh, gosh, this is going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they're going like, none of this stuff has happened. <laughs> you know? It's a little wake-up call for a lot of people. You know, give them a little kick in the butt and say, this is what, this is what you could be having. You know? So the cool thing about that is we're out of the chapters that deal with other people. So tell your friends, we can now talk about ourselves again at, at <laughs> Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group. This is about us again. So that'll make a lot of people happy. So we're going to read the blue, and you can start off All right, once so I find it. This is from uh, the Joe and Charlie and Krusty Cliff uh, Dallas Primary Purpose Big Book Study Guide. A vision for you. This is going to tee us up for the chapter we're about to read. Yeah, we always say, okay, actuality, Krusty Cliff. With the aid of Joe and Charlie, put together this workbook, okay? Gotcha. They were instrumental in doing it, but it wasn't a Joe and Charlie thing. It right. was Krusty Cliff. See, Krusty, the Joe and Charlie used to come to Dallas and do their, their big book study thing and stuff like that. And Krusty Cliff was just like, dude, we got to wait 12 months for you to come back. This really crusty old guy. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, why don't we just figure out a way to keep it going until you guys come back every year? So he put together this thing, and he's mailing back and forth, going up to Arkansas, with, talking to those guys. And the three of them... With, Joe doing most of the work, or with uh, Krusty Cliff doing most of the work, put together this, this workbook, you know, which takes the entire book, breaks it down to questions, and, and brings it to life. So when Joe and Charlie weren't there to do a big book seminar, they could keep it going while they're away, which is a gift because now we do that. So, Chapter vision 11. for you. A vision for you is a very powerful piece of literature. It provides guidance for future Alcoholics Anonymous in a very practical manner. As in the preceding sections of this book, it is based on the experience and knowledge of the founders of our fellowship from which came our program of recovery. As the result of taking and applying the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous to our lives, we have been freed from a seemingly hopeless condition of mind and body. This is the promise of the program. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps... To ensure our sobriety, we found it necessary to seek out other alcoholics who were suffering as we had. Quotes, as Bill did in May 1935 when he was led to Dr. Bob S. We let them know how well we let them know how well we understood the misery they were experiencing. We let them see the demonstration of the higher power we found through the program and thereby created a curiosity in them to wonder what would happen to us. When we asked, we would tell them our story, what we were like, what happened, and what we are like now. If they decided you want what you had, we made sure that they had a copy of this book and sent them on the path of recovery. At the same time, we made an effort to get the family to try to, our way of living, too. After a while, we had a number of sober alcoholics and realized we needed to formalize our fellowship. So we initiated the process of founding, quote, founding a group to bring the program of Alcoholics Anonymous into the part of the world that we occupy. This chapter describes that process. Once this has been done, you will have made significant contribution to your community. It might be an amend for harm done. 
It will certainly be appreciated by many innocent people who have suffered because of our disease, alcoholism, even though they may never have been aware of the source. And with that, we'll pass so it over. So what to page are we on? 151? That's correct. And is that in the little checkerboard books too? I, yes. Yes, it is. Gonna, I hope they don't I don't know if that it's in the fatty patty, but in 151. In the fatty patty. Yeah, cool. Skinny mini. Thanks. Hi. Is there a mic on diddly-doo? We're going to find out. Now yeah. I'm on. Hi, Let's everyone. Let's read I'm... a few pages, kiddo. All right. A vision for you. For most normal folks, drinking means conviviality, companionship, and colorful imagination. It means release from care, boredom, and worry. It is joyous intimacy with friends and a feeling that life is good. But not so with us in those last days of heavy drinking. The old pleasures were gone. They were but memories. Never could we recapture the great moments of the past. There was an incessant yearning to enjoy life as we once did, and a heartbreaking obsession that some new miracle of control would enable us to do it. There was always one more attempt and one more failure. The less people tolerated us, the more we withdrew from society, from life itself. As we became subjects of King Alcohol, shivering denizens of his mad realm, the chilling vapor that is loneliness settled down. I think Bill likes his writing now. Denizens. It thickened, ever becoming blacker. Some of us sought out sordid places, hoping to find understanding, companionship, and approval. Momentarily we did, then would come oblivion and the awful awakening to face the hideous four horsemen. Terror, bewilderment, frustration, despair. Unhappy drinkers who read this page will understand. Now and then a serious drinker, being dry at the moment, says, I don't miss it at all. Feel better. Work better. Having a better time. As ex-problem drinkers, we smile at such a sally. We know our friend is like a boy whistling in the dark to keep up his spirits. He fools himself. Inwardly, he would give anything to take half a dozen drinks and get away with them. He will presently try the old game again, for he isn't happy about his sobriety. He cannot picture life without alcohol. Someday he will be unable to imagine life either with alcohol or without it. Then he will know loneliness such as few do. He will be at the jumping off place. He will wish for the end. We have shown how we got out from under. You say, yes, I'm willing. But am I to be consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum, like some righteous people I see? I know I must get along without liquor, but how can I? Have you a sufficient substitute? Mm -hmm. Yes, there is a substitute, and it is vastly more than that. It is a fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous. There you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. Thus we find the fellowship, and so will you. How is that to come about, you ask? Where am I to find these people? You are going to meet these new friends in your own community. Near you, alcoholics are dying helplessly like people on a sinking ship. If you live in a large place, there are hundreds. High and low, rich and poor, these are future fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. Among them, you will make lifelong friends. You will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties, for you will escape disaster together, and you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. 
then you will know what it means to give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life. You will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. It may seem incredible that these men are to become happy, respected, and useful once more. How can they rise out of such misery, bad repute, and hopelessness? The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. Should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience, we are sure they will come. The age of miracles is still with us. Our own recovery proves that. So we're going to pause there and it's a question and answer. We'll let you run around the room tonight. I'll be asking the questions from the thing. I just, don't you love how the way the book Bill writes, you know, he brings all the previous information we have to get us current to where we're at today and then blends it with what's actually going on. Now, don't forget when this book first came out, it wasn't like they had meetings like this. You know, you're, you're some guy in the middle of nowhere. I always like to say Indian Joe in Broken Tone, New Mexico. You know, somebody <laughs> gave him this book. And he read the book. He did the steps. He had the spiritual experience. He started helping family members. He started working with some people. But he did not have the yellow or the you know the white limousines dropping people off for him to get sponsees or people to work with. You know, so here he is, as happy, joyous, and free, with not much help on what to do with his life. So this is this sort of this you know getting him a little kick in the butt to get out there. And this is how you're going to find and have the life that you need. So this is page 151, first paragraph, first question. What is drinking to most folks? For most normal folks, drinking means conviviality, companionship, and colorful imagination. It is release from what? It means release from care, boredom, and worry. What else is it for most people? It is joyous intimacy with friends and a feeling that life is good. How about us? But not so with us in those last days of heavy drinking. What is gone? Hi. The old pleasures that were gone. What are the good old days? They were but memories. Um, one part, oh, excuse me. When will we be able to recapture these moments? Never could we recapture the great moments of the past. Two-part question. What did we yearn for? With what were we obsessed? There was an insistent yearning to enjoy life as we once did. And a heartbreaking obsession that some new miracle of control would enable us to do it. Who can relate to that with, with no problem, right? Totally out there. But here's the problem. What is the truth? There was always one more attempt and one more failure. Sounds like a pocket full of white chips. <laughs> Seriously, right? We gotta, if we're not fully convinced that we can't drink like other people, I'm not going to go through what I need to go through. So, you know, the, the, the poor guy that's, get, pick, that's doing this in the rooms, a lot of, like a lot of people did this before they got to AAO. But how about the guy who comes to the rooms, not fully convinced he has a drinking problem, and every time he drinks, he's like, go get another one, go get another one, you know. He's just learning that he can't. So eventually, hopefully, the point comes where he says, I can't, I will, help me. Uh, next paragraph. As people become less tolerant of us, what did we do? The less people tolerated us, the more we withdrew from society, from life itself. As we became citizens of King Alcohol, shivering inhabitants of his mad world, what did we experience? As we became subjects of King Alcohol, shivering denizens of his mad realm, the chilling vapor that is loneliness settled down. What did it did what and became what? It thickened, ever becoming blacker. 
two-part question for you all. What did some of us seek? What were we hoping to find? Some of us sought out sword places, hoping to find understanding, companionship, and approval. Three-part question. Boom. What success did we have? This would be followed by what? What did we face? Hoping to find understanding, companionship, and approval. Ma no. We're on the next uh, momentarily. Oh, I Yeah, just one sentence further. Page 151, momentarily. Just right after. Momentarily we did. Then would come oblivion and the awful awakening to face the, the hideous four horsemen. Terror, bewilderment, frustration, despair, unhappy drinkers who read this page will understand. Yeah, Thank that you. was uh, who will have no trouble understanding what we have just covered. Everybody, quick turn to page eight. Diddly do. We're up on, we're just doing a little back info here. Page eight. No words can tell of the loneliness and despair I found in that bitter morass of self-pity. Quicksand stretched around me in all directions. I had met my match. I had been overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master. Or what, what do we like to say? I was alcohol's bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, this, if you have not reached that point in time, God bless you, you know. But if you have, you're in the right room. Um, next question. Ooh, a whole new paragraph. How's that? Once in a while, we may have dried out serious drink. Once in a while, what may a dried out serious drinker say? This is four sentences. Now and then a serious drinker being dry at the moment says, I don't miss it at all. Feel better, work better, having a better time. As ex-problem drinkers, how do we direct to such declarations? As ex-problem drinkers, we smile at such a sally. Aww. That, try to bring that up in a conversation sometime with somebody, you know? Um, next question. Who is he like? We know our friend is like a boy whistling in the dark to keep up his spirits. What is he doing to himself? He fools himself. What is he really? What, what is it he really wants to do? Inwardly, he would give anything to take half a dozen drinks and get away with them. That's sort of untreated alcoholism, isn't it? You know, remember Fred's story where he's gone to the the, the little bar on the side of the road, you know, and and he's drinking. Milk. You know, he's not so worried about the phenomenon of craving. He's more concerned about getting caught, right? If I can have one drink, nobody finds out. I'm not a problem drinker. I, I can deal with it, right? Mm -hmm. But if I get caught, if it, yeah. Car wreck. So <clears throat> suddenly ah. the thought occurred. Yeah. Um, soon, what will he do and why? He will presently try the old game again, for he isn't happy about his sobriety. What can he not see? He cannot picture life without alcohol. Who can relate to that? Someday, what will we be unable to imagine? Someday, he will be unable to imagine life either with alcohol or without it. What we then come to know as few people can. Then he will know loneliness such as few do. Where will he be? He will be at the jumping off place. For what will he wish? He will wish for the end. Yeah. New paragraph, Ryan. What have we shown? We have shown how he got out from under. You might say what? Rest of paragraph. You say, yes, I'm willing, 
But am I to be consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum? No. Like, like some righteous people I see. I know I must get along without liquor, but how can I? Have you a sufficient substitute? Yeah. Sponsorship. Bring somebody through the book. Watch the lights appear, right? Give the gift of life to somebody. Um, what do we have? New paragraph. Yes, there is a substitute, and it's vastly more than that. What is it called? It is a fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous. What will you find there? There you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. How will it affect your imagination? Your imagination will be fired. How will you feel about being alive? Life will mean something at last. What are your future years promised to be? The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. Where will you find this, Andre? Thus, we find the fellowship, and so will you. Next paragraph. What questions do you have? Two full sentences. How is it that, how is it that to come about, you ask? Where am I to find these people? Thank you. Flip the page. Yep. Next paragraph. Where do we say you will find them? You are going to meet these new friends in your own community. Who will we find near you? Near you, alcoholics are dying helplessly like people in a sinking ship. How many if you live in one of them large cities? If you live in a large place, there are hundreds. Um, where will they come from? High and low, rich and poor, these are future fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. What will they become to you? Among, among them, you will make lifelong friends. Three-part question. How will you be bound to them? Why will this be so? And together you will begin what? You will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties, for you will escape disaster together. And you will commence, commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. And you will then know what? Then you will know what it means to give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life. Hmm. You will then learn the full meaning of what? You will then learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. And this is the last paragraph for now. Um, what may seem incredible? It may seem incredible that these men are to become happy, respected, and useful once more. What questions will arise? How can they rise out of such misery, bad repute, and hopelessness? What is the practical answer? The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. Three-part question. Yeah. Who should you wish for? How should you wish for them? What should you be willing to do? Of what are we certain? Should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience, we are sure they will come. The age of miracles is still with us. Our own recovery proves that. What uh, still exhibits itself among us? That's where we stopped. Well, I'm asking the questions anyways. <laughs> what proof is there of that statement? Our own recovery proves it, right? This is open for conversation. This is, this is a 
This is what it was all about, right? We came in here wishing, wishing I was dead, not able to stop, not able to, to do it, and I was miserable. And somewhere along the line, I did the work. God got into my life, and I've, I have a life that's purposeful now. What a gift. It's a vision for all of you, right? Anybody else want to share on this tonight before I pick it apart? I remember the... the Tanisha? I she was just giggling. Well, I, I remember the first time my sponsor said shoulder to shoulder, like he was my teacher. He was this guy that I just looked up to and he taught me everything about sobriety. And then I was like, yeah, you know, you're going to keep teaching me. He's like shoulder to shoulder, like equals. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. Tanisha, recovered alcoholic. Hi. Yeah, I, re- I remember my sponsor telling me one day you'll help someone get through the book as well like I've done for you. And, you know, that right there just embedded the point that I will be useful to get to someone once again in my life. Um, you know, coming from where I come from, I had nothing to offer. And I, I shared this story before, but, like, when my sponsor invited me over to her house, I felt like I didn't deserve to. I didn't have anything to offer I was raised, you know, you don't come to someone's house um, empty-handed, but, like, not only was I empty-handed, but I had nothing, nothing at all to, you know, give, and I was there to take, you know. And um, it's great that, you know, now with this new approach to life that I have, um, it's amazing how... I'm useful not only in AA, but also at my job. Through this program, I live a different life. I live by these principles in all my affairs, seriously. Um, if I don't carry that AA spirit around with me, um, I don't know how many people I've actually came across and actually directed them to exactly where they need to go and what they needed to hear. And it's all because of this program that I'm able to do that in my sponsorship, of course. And that's one of the wonderful things here in AA is, you know, I'm not a glum lot. I'm not a killjoy. I love my life. I love my life to the fullest. Yeah, I want to do much more than what I can now, but that comes with time. You know, one day at a time, everything will come slowly but surely. But most importantly, my, my job is to do God's will, not my will, to carry the message and to share my experience, strength, and hope with that newcomer and to invite them into my life. I, I love sponsoring other women right on the couch of, in my house. You know, I was once evicted. I didn't have a house. I was even kicked out of my own house, you know, once upon a time. And, you know, to have that honor to actually, you know, have my place again here in society and let alone AA is truly, truly a blessing. So thank you for letting me share. Thanks Thanks for sharing. sharing. Hi. Hello, I'm a recovered alcoholic named Kelly. Hi, Kelly. So, you know, I am all throughout this whole entire book, but when I got to this part with my sponsor, I was like, that is me. Um, You know, it says someday he will be unable to imagine life either with or without alcohol. 
He will know loneliness such as few do, and he will be at the jumping off place. He will wish for the end. You know, I actually experienced that jumping off point. I didn't know it at the time, but I had about six months in AA, my first experience, and I didn't want to do the work. You know, the fourth step, all that hoogie-boogie stuff, I was unwilling to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I stopped calling my sponsor, I stopped going to meetings, and I took my own will back, and I did what I did, and I got drunk. And I remember waking up, you know, I hid out in a hotel room and kept paying the bill, and just another night, another night, drink, wake up, pass out, drink, wake up, pass out, because that's the only way I know how to drink. And I woke up one morning, and I was at that jumping-off point. I looked at the rest of the vodka in the bottle, and I saw how much was left. I didn't want to go buy anymore, but I could not for the life of me, and I still didn't know what alcoholism was because I didn't do the work, so I didn't know what was wrong with me. I I didn't want to go get any more, but I could not for the life of me imagine finishing the rest and having no more. So I did wish for the end. I had made a very strong attempt at this. I was unsuccessful, obviously, because I'm here. You know, yeah, thank God. And that's, you know, when my sponsor said, God's got a purpose for you. And I went, you know, that one little sentence from my sponsor who I went back to, thank God AA saved my life because I really, truly experienced that jumping off point. I didn't want to drink anymore, and I couldn't imagine not drinking anymore. So thank God for that gift of desperation because I was really then willing to say my life is completely unmanageable, looking back over what I had done, and was willing to do this work. And, you know, you do, you do find a substitute for it. You find really great people. You find this spiritual journey where you can learn to be happy in life and you can help other people. And, you know, the, the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous, the steps in the book have, you know, saved my life and given me a life worth living because... Two and a half years ago, I was done. Done. You know, I know that jumping off point. A lot of people do, but that's, that's the real deal. If you're a real alcoholic, it'll come to that eventually, unfortunately. Who's heard people say that nowhere in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous does it talk about sponsorship or how to sponsor? You know, we hear that sometimes. Not at all true, is it? Well, first we got working with others, which is basically your 12-step call, how to, how to, how to wean them out, how to get an interest in. But, you know, what if my sponsee has, has a wife? I got a whole chapter to the wives. How do I help them with their family? Family afterwards. You know, they got jobs, right? And now this vision for you, this is fantastic information to be a more effective sponsor, you know? How can I get these guys excited about the life I'm going to introduce them to? You know, you don't start on page zero. Let's go, oh, quick, let's go read a vision for you, you know? Vision for you is on page 151 because they expect you're probably going to read... I don't know, 150 pages before, maybe, before you get to it. I'm just assuming that's how books work, right? So um, I'm, I'm not an English teacher, but I think that's how books work. So if you think about it, working with others, right, to the wives, to the family afterwards, to the, um, to the employers. I know everyone hates that one, right? Those evil employers. And now a vision for you. If, for all of, who's been through every chapter now? We've had people that have been here for this entire, thank good. You know, we've had people who haven't bailed on us because... Oh, the family. I was like, they're still here. You are going to be such effective sponsors because you've got more information to work with these people, which is the whole purpose of being an alcoholic, right? Is to be an effective sponsor to help people to God. And that's what I love about this thing. Right, Jack? What you got to say? 
Jack, grateful alcoholic. Hey, Hi, Jack. Jack. Talk into the red dot. Do I have to focus? See the red dot now? There you go. <laughs> I'm so grateful for this program. Um, I didn't have a great childhood. Uh, I didn't have many people that, like, stayed in my life that I respected and wanted what they had. So, like, I got to a point in, like, being a teenager where I was already drinking that I wanted to help others. I wanted to kind of be mm-hmm. a role model, and I always burned it down, you know? And, with, and I hated myself for it. Like, I wanted to help. I just didn't know how. Um, um, so when I finally picked up a white chip and, and got a sponsor and, and started to work with a sponsor, man, I really respected that guy. Like, he was, you know, I started in a, in a kind of like a seedy area where I lived, where I grew up. And this guy, you could tell, like, he had better things he could be doing, you know. Like, he had money in his pocket. Um, he had girls that wanted to talk to him. He had a motorcycle. And he was spending time with me on, you know, on a weekly basis reading this book and um, listening to me cry. And um, that meant a lot to me. And and it actually taught me um, that you can help others. And then when I finally worked the steps, I worked the steps with him, but like half, you know, I really felt like I was a bother the first time. But when I got another sponsor, when I moved into a better neighborhood, right, and this sponsor, um, when we were going through the fifth step and we were in the fifth step, he was like, hold on a second. Let's go back to three for a second because I was, like, blown away. I was freaking out. I was crying. I didn't want to do it. And, he, and you know, and he took me back to that, you know, uh, turning my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him. And at that point, I, I realized that these steps are in order, but we can always go back and review. And I would have never thought that. I would have continued to go forward through that trauma without having God on my team, without having a God of my understanding on my team. And, and at that point, we wrote a list of the qualities of a God that I would choose. And then I was able to, to, to hold on to those qualities while I was going through that step uh, with, with somebody else that had no, you know, I had never told those things to. And then what happened was, is when I finally started to sponsor, you know, I had a guy that I seen the other night and He's sponsored by somebody. He's got some time sober, and he's sponsoring guys, and he was introducing me to the guys that he sponsored. And he pulled me to the side, and he said, uh, you know, Jack, you know, what, what I loved about you when you were my sponsor is how you put God first. And mm-hmm. that kept me strong, and, and that's what I teach these guys today. And I think that uh, I have no clue how I got that, right? I know that I was taught that through a sponsor before me, and that was the key for me is to keep a higher power of my understanding. And today in life and in business and in my relationships with my neighbors, I keep God first, right? And those qualities that I wrote down that day in this dark apartment became my life fundamentals, right? Um, this is what I want to move closer to. Listen, I, you know, alcohol was my problem when I was drinking. It actually was my solution so I could deal with not knowing how to deal with life. Today, these problems come up and I don't have alcohol. 
Today, I was taught through sponsorship to rely on a higher power of my understanding. And I think the dynamics of these 12 steps that teaches us, I, I mean, I think for me, this was the fundamental part of these steps, was to bring me closer to a God of my understanding. Now, that sponsor said to me, I was like, oh, you know, the Bible and Judaism, and oh, I don't want nothing to do with none of that. He said, no, 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 no. Let's go back. Let's a God that you could reach up into the sky and pull him out of the sky and put him into your heart. What would that God be? And that's, they don't teach that in the Bible. You know, I don't think. I, I wasn't able to learn it out of the Bible. I was able to learn it by somebody that learned it through the 12 steps with somebody before them. And I think that, you know, it's great power. Very, very powerful. Thanks. Thanks so, for sharing. We got a little buckaroo in the back. We got the gal first. Yeah. This lexicon until he's there. Lexi. Me first? Yeah. Yeah. Kyle first? Lexi, so you got to put your mic up a little Ooh. bit. Ooh. talk about the buck the a little. When I first started reading this book, it's very loud, louder than the yellow one. I totally over-intellectualized it because I was on a mission to prove that I was not one of you guys. And How'd so, that work out? <laughs> a few years later, <laughs> here I am. So when I read, for reasons yet obscure, we have lost the power of choice and drink... I was kind of like, so if I unobscure those reasons, can I fix the problem and uncross the line? So really early, I took a hard look at why I thought that I drank. You know, I didn't really know that I had this allergy of the body, mental obsession and phenomenon of craving yet. I, I saw all of these things right away, you know, companionship colorful imagination, creativity, a release from care, boredom, worry, and especially this joyous intimacy of friends, a feeling that life is good, you know? <clears throat> Eventually, I found out I also drank for a few other reasons that I listed before, but when I began to really start a program, to start a program, to work a program, and it had been some time, I realized that literally everything that alcohol gave me or that I thought it gave me so did the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and tenfold, you know, when you do find this higher power that Jack was really talking about, you're going to find a release from care and worry so much stronger than alcohol does for you. And I don't think you're going to find more intimate relationships than you do in Alcoholics Anonymous. And then you begin to reason, begin to reason, begin to realize all the things that it also gives you. Not only does it give you everything that drinking did for you in your life, but drinking's never going to give you purpose, a meaning, you know? And it, I remember so vividly. <laughs> we're we're going to get some tape for you. <laughs> that, that aha moment. I, like, I remember talking with a sponsor. I was like, did you love drinking or did you love staying up with your friends all night talking to one in the morning? And I remember I looked at my life and I was like, wow. I, I still got all those things. I just love this chapter. Thanks. Kyle, you up. Hey, Kyle. Hi. How you doing? Um, <laughs> How you doing? Pretty good. <laughs> My name's Kyle. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Um, I can, like, I love how this, like, they end the Fuzzy book. Fuzzy End the book. Fuzzy. Red dot. Don't let it slip off your ear. I'm dots without this dot. All right. So I remember, like, as a kid, right? Like, I'm just going to relate it to back even before I was drinking. Right, I remember being a kid and looking at my grandpa, or grandpa Jim, and he would always hum, right, whistle, oh, the same thing. <laughs> it would drive me crazy, man. I'd see him smile and stuff like that, and I would always think to myself, he's full of. 
straight trash. Um, you know, he's full of it, right? So I was like, all right, there's something up with that. And then I remember drinking and then drinking to oblivion. I was trying to drink to oblivion. I never could really get there. Other just really just more crazy. And then I remember being sober and not having a program and really just being that kind of guy that counts, <coughs> like waits till it's midnight and being like, I got another day. And that was even worse. <laughs> being at that job went off white because it's like, all right, I know I can't drink because I know it's going to happen, but like, what other option is there? I'm jumping off, man. Hopefully I'm going to hit this time, but no. You know, and then I come here and they're like, hey, open the book. Like, all right. Whoa. That's all I'm going to say. Thanks for sharing. Thank you very much. So if you didn't get a chance to share, grab somebody's ear on the way out and have a conversation with them. This is what we're in for for the next couple of weeks. We're into a vision for you. The good stuff, the fun stuff. I want to say quickly, if you told me the first thing when I first came to me, says, oh, don't worry. You're going you're gonna to help others, and you're going to have intimacy, and, and it's like, no, I, that's why I drink. I don't want to help others. I don't want intimacy. I just want the police, the popo, to leave me alone. I want the vomit to go. So you, it wasn't hard to sell me on this, which I guess why this stuff's later on in the book, because that could scare away somebody, you know? But um, this is going to I look forward to reading the vision for you. We've got a lot of people here who visit us regularly who can bring this to life, because I see it in action in all of your lives. So... Speaking of a vision for you, from Vision for You, page 164, God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But you obviously cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great offense will come to pass for you and for countless others. This is the great fact for us. You've learned the fine art of segue. Um, let's like see. So you need to abandon yourself to God as he said, you're under, as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you'll surely meet some of us as you what? Trudge the road of happy destiny. It is the practice of the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group for group member sponsors to introduce their new sponsees by presenting them with a sponsorship medallion. That's a mouthful. So in English, if you're a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and you have just picked up a new sponsee and you want to introduce him to the rest of us, we have a medallion. And in this group, we usually wait till we've read the book with somebody before we introduce them because sometimes you just sort of run away and it's best to get, get them into the book before you go through all that fun stuff. Um, is there anybody who's celebrating a year of more in the past couple, last week since the last meeting that wants to pick up a medallion? Raise your hand. So if you've got a, a, an anniversary coming up in the next week and you want somebody to present it to you next Monday, let us know and uh, we'll give you time to talk about it. Is anyone here in need of a big book sponsor? Anyone in need of a sponsor in this room? Who don't have a sponsor? Raise your hand. Good. Everybody's sponsored up. I love that. Everybody's working with somebody. That's cool beans. Um, if you'd like to become a member of this group, please join us after the meeting to fill out a membership card. And uh, can all the home group members please raise your hands? Yeah. All Active right. and vestigial members, fantastic. And we actually have a business meeting tonight, so you can help clean up uh, quickly, and then we'll transition into that business meeting. Probably going to be only like three hours. It's going to be our typical fast one. Um, thank you for joining us tonight. We hope to see you next week. Oh, by the way, 
this next Thursday across the street in the sanctuary because they got church stuff going on down there. We got Peter M. on his fourth session over in the sanctuary. It's going to be amazing. Show up at 530. Help us to set up. Hang out with us. Get to know us. Um, meeting or the workshop starts at 715. Tell your friends. Bring bring anybody that you like. It's going to be a hoot. Pete's hits it out of the ballpark every night. It's going to be a hoot. Uh, so please wait until you're 75 feet from the doors and from the building to inhale clouds. Yeah. No cloud make until you get outside. All right. And uh, by the way, if you show up early and help set up, we're now letting us vape on the balcony with a beautiful view of Fort Lot. Oh, it's pretty. It beats the garbage area where they have us smoking right now. So, so want to close with the Lord's Prayer? I think we should. Oh, this is. Well, you want to find out. You come to the business meeting. We're going to be auctioning this off at the business meeting. <laughs> We're going to sell raffle tickets for $10. All right, so let's have a moment of silence for the still sick and suffering, followed by the <laughs> Lord's Prayer. Who's going to bring us from shame to grace if we let him? Our, Our Father. Father. See you guys Thursday and next Wednesday, Monday. Heart is heavy, soul is thirsty, body's aching. I am desperately in need of restoration. Yeah, and I am ready for you to take me.
Zan, Zan, Zan. Oh, when you're smiling. When you're smiling. The whole smiles with you, baby, baby. Yes, when you're laughing. When you're laughing Yes, the sun Comes shining through But when you're crying You bring on the rain Stop your singing, baby, and be happy again. Yes, and keep on smiling. Keep on smiling, baby, and I hope.
Chase, here's that song you've been asking me for for a million years. I finally pulled it out the pulled it out the corners of my mind, and um, here you go. Are green now, growing vines, 
twist and turn each way Flowers blooming all the time outside my door Never before I had to change everything to realize That today is the best day of my life Broken man, I travel far and wide through the great divide through his own heart. Yeah, well, I have a life today when it's give away, and it's just about to start. So I face each day. Brand new way, show up and plug in my guitar. And I play my songs, and people sing along, and stomp their feet and raise their arms. And here in this moment that we share, nothing could come. song is. God bless. I love you, Mike Chase. Bye.